0: The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our second Bits presentation. And this time, we're going to talk about uh, laptops, and we are going to talk about uh the um, iPads, and we're going to uh, discuss the uh, tablets from Amazon. And uh, I want to uh, first say that we're thankful that you are here. We appreciate all the work of the host. We want to introduce Travis Butler is our host. Michael Talley is the person that is helping with the room. We have Herbie Allen, helping with the media productions. And also, I want to thank Erlene Hughes, our president, for helping with the recording, and our convention committee that helped to put this presentation together. Now, I would like to introduce our presenters that we have coming uh, to that are a part of this presentation. The first presenter is Matt Volbrick, and he's gonna talk to us about Apple iPads. He is the founder and owner of the tech juggernaut and if you have uh, participated in the community calls you will know him as the voice that was on Friday afternoon when he talked about Apple products so we're so glad to have him and he resides in Everett Pennsylvania the second person we have is Chris Ma and he is going to talk to us about laptops And he is the vice president of BITS and on our board and we're so glad to have him do this presentation. Uh, And of course, you know, BITS means Blind Information Technology Specialist. So uh, that is his position. He is also very active in the ACB Next Generation affiliate. Uh, He's helped them with their website. He is a student at California State University and he lives in Long Beach, California. He's about to finish his four-year degree. Then we also have and I hope that he has arrived, but we're going to have Mike Hardwick and he's going to talk to us about Amazon tablets. He's very active as a Bits member and he lives in Wausau, Wisconsin. So, we're going to begin with Matt Bulbrick and when we finish all three of these presentations we will have a question and answer period and there will only be one question per person and uh, we want to do that so that every you know as many people as possible have time for questions also be sure your question is on topic and please make it concise as possible so Matt we're ready for you to begin.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny. Thanks uh, to everyone for this event. It's it's awesome, and thank you so much for the invitation. It is great to be here. Good morning or good afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're joining us from today. I am Matt Volbrecht of TTJ Tech Services, and I am very excited to talk to you today. We've got a lot of really exciting things to share in a very, very short sweep of the clock, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get started right away, and I get to talk about iPad. That is one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite products in the entire world. And I'm using one right now as we speak. You know, Apple introduced the iPad now about 12 years ago, and they touted it as a magical and revolutionary product. And since that time, the iPad has only grown by leaps and bounds, becoming more and more capable, functional, and packed with features. If you are in the process of trying to decide what product is best for you? Is it a tablet? Is it a a laptop? What is it? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say, I believe the iPad is worth very serious consideration. Now, obviously we're all different. I can't say that it's, you know, a hundred percent for a hundred percent of the people. There's always, you know, just like we have cars and we have trucks and everything. Everybody's got different needs, but I believe the iPad is able to meet the needs of the vast majority of people no matter what it is that they're doing. And so I'd like to take a few minutes to talk to you about some of the benefits of the iPad. Now, when we talk about iPad, there are several families of iPad that are currently available as of today. And of course, those are the 10.2-inch iPad. Some people just call it the standard iPad. And it also goes by the name iPad 9th generation. There's also the iPad Air, now in its fifth generation. And then there is the iPad Pro, which is actually available in two different screen sizes. There is also an iPad mini, I mean the bag, but we won't spend too much time on these different models today. Uh, That's something we can certainly discuss individually uh, if the time comes that you decide an iPad is right for you and you'd like some assistance with that. But I want to talk about the hardware, first of all, that goes into these devices. One of the things that really differentiates the iPad from a lot of other tablets and a lot of other, uh, you know, products that are out there on the market is that the iPad is truly a desktop class platform. Now, by that, I mean that the processor, the graphics, the audio, all of the hardware, the memory and everything that are available in these iPads are equal to or better than what you can get in most modern desktop or laptop computers. At the entry level, the iPad 9th generation with a 10.2-inch display, which actually is what I happen to be using right at this very second, is still more powerful than most entry-level PC notebooks and desktops of today. The the benchmark scores, the real-world performance, all of these things actually confirm that. That even this entry-level iPad, starting at just $329, is able to outperform the basic desktops of today. And it's certainly able to outperform Chromebooks and and the vast majority of other computers. You have to go pretty high up in in, uh, Windows desktops to be able to purchase something that has the kind of processing power, even in this entry-level iPad. But the really cool part is it doesn't stop there. Because if you get an iPad Air or an iPad Pro, you are now actually enjoying Apple's M1 Processor. This is a revolutionary processor that, by all accounts, is the best consumer CPU on the market. It's an eight-core processor with eight-core graphics, and this thing just screams. It's, pos- it's capable of allowing you to perform even the most intensive tasks, even if you're doing something really, really high-end, rendering 8K video, for example. This processor will not struggle. It's used in the latest Macintosh systems available by Apple, and we believe it's just getting started. It is able to optimize things like battery life, core graphics, audio performance, and a whole lot more. And the iPad Air and Pro even feature 8 gigabytes or 16 gigabytes of RAM. And because Apple makes the entire experience controlling the hardware, software, and services, that's more than enough to optimize the hardware, to take advantage of the software, and to optimize the software to perform well using the hardware. Now, in addition to all of that, the not only the processor and the memory and the graphics, these devices have outstanding video and audio capabilities. Their displays are gorgeous for those people who can see them. And The audio systems are wonderful. Every single iPad has stereo speakers. Some of them are in different configurations than others, but they're going to give you awesome sound so that whenever you're listening to anything, it's going to sound great. They're going to be able to take advantage in many cases of of today's latest standards like lossless audio, for example. And, and a whole lot more, even spatial audio, which allows us to hear the audio from all different angles so that it sounds like it is surrounding you when you are listening to music or movies and TV shows. In addition to all of this, the Apples have the Apple iPads have one of the greatest camera systems available today featuring incredible rear cameras that can take even 4k video. We can take advantage of a lot of fantastic features that improve, Uh, Our camera in low lighting conditions. So this is great not only for taking photos and videos, but also for scanning our documents if we want to use our cameras in that fashion. And of course, the front facing cameras now on all of the current iPads are wide angle cameras with a very large field of view and with features like center stage that allow the camera to follow you when you move. And this is revolutionary for those of us who cannot see, because I know myself, I'm always wondering, am I actually in the camera view? Well, I don't have to wonder that anymore with center stage. Center stage uses advanced artificial intelligence to follow me, even if I'm not directly looking at the camera lens. And if I have family or friends with me in view, it will track them as well. So there's a lot of great hardware on these devices we could spend a lot more time talking about, but let's just sum up the hardware with two other aspects of things, connectivity and authentication. All iPads include the latest and greatest in connectivity, features like Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, cellular capability, and a lot of other sensors that make these devices able to do what they do. Proximity sensors, ambient light sensors, gyroscopes, and more, even GPS, so we can have walking and driving directions right on our iPad. And what about authentication? Every iPad uses powerful and secure methods of allowing you access to your devices, allowing you to pay for purchases securely, and allowing you to log into secure apps with either a fingerprint using Touch ID or with your face using Face ID. Next up, I'd like to talk a little bit about software. iPads run iPad OS. And in the world of operating system software, it doesn't get better than Apple's software. iPad OS is built on the powerful foundations of iOS, which by the way, are built on the very, very well-respected and, and long-enduring foundations of Mac OS. iPhone and iPad run iOS and iPad OS software, and it is truly the most secure software available to date. It is based on a solid foundation that is built from the ground up to prevent hacking, to prevent viruses, to prevent spyware and other malware from causing harm to your system or to you and your data. Now, in addition to all of that, which we could spend a lot more time discussing, iPadOS is optimized for the best audio, the best graphics, The best features that take advantage of today's latest machine learning and artificial intelligence, even able to use the 16 core neural engine that's available in these M1 processors. And so what does that mean? What is a neural engine? That means that for the first time ever in history, those of us who cannot see now know what photos our friends and family are sending to us. Why? Because they are able to be described. I can receive a photo and I can hear that it's a picture of a dog sitting on a windowsill, or I can hear that it's a, a person wearing a red shirt holding a can of soda. Whatever is in the picture, the voiceover screen reader can now describe to me thanks to the advanced neural engine and iPad OS software. iPad OS is definitely a powerful and capable desktop class operating system, and it is only getting better with the features that have been announced in iPad OS 16 due to come out this fall, we will be amazed at what has been added to the iPad to make it even more capable, even more functional, and even more useful. Now we could spend a lot more time talking about iPad OS, but again, we've only got a few minutes together, so I've got to keep moving, but let's talk about apps. Apple ships a wide variety of powerful and capable apps with every iPad device apps that allow us to use things like a calendar notes messages email reminders and even apps that allow us to listen to music watch videos and share organize and edit photos but it doesn't stop there apple has an entire suite of productivity and creativity apps that we'll talk a little bit more about in a few minutes and apple has enabled the creativity and the self-expression of third-party developers by introducing the app store The App Store is the absolute best way to get apps onto your device. Why? Because it provides a secure, safe, and virus-free environment where every single developer and every single app that you have access to will have already had to have been vetted prior to you accessing it so that you know that the app you download is not a fraud. You know that the app you download is legitimate, that it does what it says it will do, And that it will not harm your system or affect any other apps. Now, Apple has provided this App Store. And it's a groundbreaking way for developers to to become successful at what they do. And billions of dollars have been paid out to developers. But of course, developers aren't the only ones to benefit. As the users, we could not ask for a better experience than the App Store. With the App Store, we have a community of people who are using and reviewing these apps before we ever install them. There are easy-to-use refund and cancellation policies for subscriptions, and yet powerful ways to take advantage of upgraded and new features through subscriptions or in-app purchases. We can easily install an app without having to worry about a complicated setup process, and within a few seconds to a minute, we are using a brand new app. And the best part about it is the apps that have been Uh, successfully into the App Store have never been better. There are millions of apps now, many of them designed from the ground up to take advantage of all of the features and functionality of the iPad. And so when you download an app or when you need to find an app, you can be sure you'll find something on the App Store. There are so many choices. There are ways to discover new apps and search for others. And it's just never been a better time to get an app. Now, we can, again, continue down this track, but I'd like to take what I think is about the last 10 minutes of of my presentation here, give or take a little bit, and I'd like to talk about how the iPad can truly be whatever we want it to be. So, you know, in my opinion, it's better than a laptop. Now, Apple makes some great laptops. I own one of their latest MacBook Pros. I hardly ever use it. Why? Because I prefer the iPad experience. The iPad can do everything that the laptop can do and a whole lot more. The design of the iPad allows it to be more flexible and more versatile, to be exactly what I want it to be. And I can directly interact with the content by touching it right on the screen. Imagine browsing a website or creating a powerful multimedia presentation in Apple Keynote and literally being able to touch the slides Interact directly with your content on this touchscreen. It's the most personal, most interactive experience you could possibly imagine. And because the iPad is so lightweight and so portable with a solid 10-hour battery life, you can do it anywhere you want. So you can be certainly working at the desk in the office, but you can also be doing it from the comfort of your own couch or your back porch with a glass of lemonade. And because iPads offer cellular capability as an option, you can even be in the park, at the hotel, in the coffee shop, or on the road. iPads offer cellular data service, and you can easily add an iPad to your existing cellular plan for the best rates possible. But it is also possible to directly sign up for prepaid cellular plans right on the iPad with just a credit card. No credit checks, no contracts no termination fees. And you can sign up for a single day of cellular use a month an auto renew plan or whatever fits your needs. You can, You can suspend or even cancel these plans at any time. So you truly do have the ultimate inflexibility. And because iPads use eSIM or the electronic SIM for their cellular service, you never need to wait for a SIM card to be shipped or for a trip to the AT&T or Verizon store or any other because you easily have everything you need built right into your iPad. It is truly possible within about five minutes or less to sign up for and start using a cellular data plan right on your iPad. And it doesn't stop there. iPads can be anything we want them to be in so many other ways. like the fact that we can use an iPad in any orientation, landscape, portrait, even upside down if we want to for some reason. However we hold our iPad, the content automatically adjusts to that particular position and orientation. Now the iPad offers so many features and functionality, and I've talked about a few of them already, apps that allow us to edit and view our photos and videos, apps that allow us to watch movies and TV shows, listen to music, play games, surf the web, check our email, and even work with and and send and receive text messages and Apple iMessages. But of course, it doesn't stop there. Apple apps allow us to be more productive with things like Notes And powerful, rich notes that include photos, videos, web links, checklists, bulleted lists, tables, numbered lists, and a whole lot more. And not only notes, but calendars, reminders, contacts, clock, and as I said, web browsing. But it doesn't stop there because of apps like Pages, the powerful word processing and page layout app, Numbers, the spreadsheet app, and Keynote, the multimedia presentation app. And apps like GarageBand, Clips, and iMovie, we can now create powerful and professional looking documents, presentations, spreadsheets, tables, and we can even get into video and audio editing, podcasting, and more, all with apps that are built in directly from Apple. We don't even have to go outside of Apple's own system to find the apps. They are already there and they're included with every iPad. Of course, we can go so far beyond that to apps that I like to call connected digital life apps. So we can, for example, keep our grocery list on our iPad and we can get recipes on our iPad. We can do powerful everyday tasks with our our home and with home automation. And we also can travel very easily with Apple Maps, turn-by-turn navigation, and with third party apps that can enhance travel, whether it's purchasing those airline tickets checking into our hotel, ordering food from DoorDash or Grubhub, and a whole lot more. But of course, it still doesn't stop there. And I'd like to tell you that I run my entire business from my iPad. So that includes creating presentations. That includes creating podcasts and editing the audio and actually publishing podcasts, both to Apple Podcasts and to YouTube. It includes things like creating websites, and ebooks. It includes things like hosting Zoom meetings. It includes creating invoices and spreadsheets. It includes accepting payments both online and in person. All of these things and a whole lot more, from graphic design to high end video and audio editing, website and ebook creation, and more, can be done on the iPad without ever needing a traditional desktop or notebook computer. iPads are capable of desktop class web browsing for the first time a tablet an ipad okay we won't call it a tablet but an ipad it's able to access the same version of the website that your desktop computer is accessing so we're no longer limited we no longer see that message that says you need to visit this website on an actual computer no the ipad counts as an actual computer and offers that desktop class experience It also offers desktop class file management. We can download files. We can compress and unzip files. We can can collaboratively share our files. Anything we want to be able to do with files and folders and subfolders and tags, we, we can do it on the iPad. Now, the iPad even offers support. Of course, it offers support for cloud services, iCloud Drive being first and foremost, because it is an Apple product, but also services like Google Drive, PCloud, and Dropbox are fully supported on the iPad. In addition to that, we access support. We have built-in support for SMB servers and for other server systems. And we have support for external file storage like flash drives and SD cards. As I said, we can download files from the web and save those files wherever we want. We can tag them and move them around. Another thing we can do with our iPad is printing. So we don't need a computer to print out our favorite documents, photos, websites, or anything else. We can easily and wirelessly print with a compatible printer. We also can use our iPads with projectors and either use an Apple TV or a regular projector of some sort. We can easily mirror video and audio to that projector, to a big screen. Whatever we need to be able to do It can be done with the iPad. And finally, the iPad gets even more powerful with an additional handful of adapters and other accessories that allow it to connect to microphones and to to foot pedals and to televisions and to, to SD cards and to just about anything else we can think of. And let's not forget about support for keyboards and the Apple Pencil. If you can see, or maybe even if you can't, you will enjoy drawing with the Apple Pencil It's a totally unmatched experience you won't get anywhere else. But let's talk about keyboards. The iPad is capable of connecting to devices like the Apple Smart Keyboard or the Apple Magic Keyboard with Trackpad. Connect your iPad to one of these devices, and it goes from being the casual touchscreen device that you use on the back porch to the professional workplace device with a true laptop feel. There is extra connectivity in the Magic Keyboard, and there is a truly desktop class typing experience with keys that you will love and enjoy typing on. Now, these are just some of the many features, benefits, and functions of the iPad, and perhaps for some people, the best part is the price. Because not only can the iPad be whatever you want it to be, but it can also meet the needs of just about anyone from any walk of life. With a starting price at just $329 going all the way up to over $1,000 for the high-end iPad Pros, there is certainly an iPad for everyone. And so whether you're a teacher and a student, whether you're just a casual user, whether you're a nurse or a doctor, a pastor or a captain of an airline, a restaurant owner, or just about anything else, you will find what you need in this iPad. Now, I think my time is about up. And so I'm gonna uh, gonna relinquish the floor here to our next participant, but I'll be happy to answer questions in a little bit when the time comes. And I will tell you that if you need a more um, extensive discussion with me and wanna have a more uh, one-on-one talk about the iPad and assistance purchasing and using the iPad and all of that, You can get in touch with me by visiting our website at www.ttjtech.net. That's T-T-J, Tango, Tango, Juliet, followed by the word tech, T-E-C-H, dot N-E-T. Or send me an email to support at ttjtech.net. I want to thank you so much again to Penny and everyone for the invitation. I'll look forward to your questions in a little bit. And thank you so much for having me.
2: Thank you, Matt. Well, folks, hope all of you are doing well. Uh, this is Chris, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Bits. Thank you, Madam President Erlene And today I'm going to be presenting Windows-based laptops and why you should go with a Windows-based laptop. So first off, folks, I know many of us, probably about 90 to 95% of us, have experienced Windows in, in our lives for many, many years. A lot of us use screen readers such as JAWS or NVDA. So The familiarity of Windows is one of the biggest reasons why I think laptops running Windows OS is highly important. So for example, when you go to the workforce, you're gonna find that yes, Apple is a very powerful operating system and it does offer a lot of reasons to definitely check that particular operating system out, but you're still gonna find in the workforce, everybody uses Windows still. So you kind of have to kind of have to get used to that operating system the way it's laid out. So these are the reasons why I think as far as choosing an operating system, Windows is the way to go. I also think that um, a lot of your if you love like for example, Microsoft Office, you know Microsoft Suite of apps in, in that particular um, piece of software, uh, such as Word, um, Excel, um, and I know that Pages is um, a great operating system, or excuse me, a great office alternative. But, um, you know, a lot of people seem to like Word and the way it's laid out with uh, screen readers and just the whole you know menu structure. So you get the experience of utilizing Microsoft's Office uh, suite of apps. So when you're looking to purchase a laptop, Keep that in mind, that a lot of people know how to utilize uh, many of these um, applications in Microsoft's store, such as, again, like, Office. So there are many uh, things to keep in a, in a mind when you're purchasing a, a laptop. So what you want to do is you want to check out the processor. So Intel makes... Uh, a few processors, the i3, i5, i7, and i9. So essentially what this means is that from the i3, that's the least power you're gonna get out of a laptop. So this is generally a processor and for somebody that is just gonna basically do very basic web browsing, very basic you know, social media posts, things of that sort, no heavy video editing at all really. Um, again, just basic web browsing. The i5 is in the middle, so you're starting to get more power, um, and you're starting to be able to edit audio files, things of that sort. So just keep that in mind. And then obviously the i7 and i9 are going to be your higher end areas of laptops. If you want something that is cheap, you know you need you're kind of in a bind. For those that are on a, a very tight budget, the i3 or i5 laptops will start around four to five hundred dollars. Especially the i3s, you can get some for about three probably 380 390 somewhere around there Uh, but just again be aware that if you do get an i3 processor you will experience if you're trying to open multiple tabs which i'll get to the ram right now uh, it will start slowing down significantly so i usually tell people just to stick around the i5 processor if you can get an i7 which they'll start running around 500 to 800 dollars as far as pricing is concerned so there are AMD processors as well. Uh, the way those generations work is the higher the number. So at the beginning, they'll say like AMD three, AMD four, and, and so on, and so forth. The higher the number, the more power you're going to get as well. So keep that in mind. Another thing you need to realize is uh, that's very important is the RAM. So I, I think of RAM as kind of you have a desk in front of you and you're, placing all your items on on this desk and you have easy access, but what if the desk starts filling up and things are going to start falling off? That's what I think of RAM. I also compare it to like, um, I've I've had people say, you know, like a water pipe, you know, where if there's too much, the diameter of the pipe, if it's too small, it's going to break that pipe and the water is going to go everywhere and it's just not going to be running smoothly. So, You want to take a look at RAM. Most basic computers that are running Windows are going to start with 8 gigs of RAM. There are some laptops that will have 4 gigs of RAM, but I don't recommend it. The recommended RAM is 8 gigs. So just keep that in mind as well. Obviously, the more RAM you have, uh, the more tabs you can open. So the more things you can be doing. So for example, if you want to be writing a Word document, you can be doing that while Uh, doing a PowerPoint presentation, or even running Zoom all at the same time. I don't know why you may do that, but that is an option for you. And then there's different types of physical hardware that you need to keep in mind as well. There are what are known as two-in-one laptops, which are essentially, uh, it looks just like a tablet, but it has the the keyboard, the Windows-based keyboard. um, But you could flip it to where physically the screen is laying down uh, on the desktop on the, your tabletop you can use it as a uh, tablet so those are really cool options they have ultra books which are basically like thinner um, I kind of compare it to a MacBook Air where it's very thin it's minimalistic in its design it's very portable uh, usually the the screens are about you know 12 12 inches or 13 inches they're Pretty powerful. Some of them have i7s. I actually have an Ultrabook Dell XPS. uh, I think it's a 13980 or something like that. It's really portable for me as a student. And um, so you have those, and then you obviously have the notebooks as well, which are basically full-size laptops. Uh, I know the Dell Latitude have the full-size keyboard with the number pad. So if you're looking for something more for business use and you need the full-size keyboard, I would highly recommend that, especially if you're a JAWS user, NVDA user, screen reader user in general. That's very important because, you know, you use the JAWS key and you also have the caps lock key, whereas if you get an Ultrabook, Uh, you may not have that um, option, that number pad, you know, on the insert key. And then also battery life too on Windows has actually improved a lot. Um, Obviously, that's going to decrease with how um, powerful your processor is going to be. And obviously, if you're running tasks. So just be aware of that. Like, for example, an i3 processor uh, from Intel is going to give you the most battery life. That's only because it's very low in power and it doesn't have that many cores. So, uh, if you're looking for battery, you could stick around in a five i5 or i7. I usually get about ten to twelve hours on my Dell XPS Ultrabook, so that's actually really good. It is a touchscreen, and there are laptops that do have touchscreens, so you can use it with your screen reader. I'm not too sure with Narrator as far as that's concerned. By the way, Narrator is a built-in screen reader for Windows, and it's become very, very accessible, and it's surprisingly very well. Um, There are many guides out there, too, that you can utilize to learn Narrator. So if you're looking uh, to you know, use Narrator, just be aware there is a built-in screen reader as well for Windows. It's not as close to voiceover as it is, but it's definitely improved over the years. It's it's so, it's really good now, actually, surprisingly. But again, um, going back to my point as far as that's concerned, you have touchscreen capabilities on some of these laptops, so you can use JAWS with the touchscreen, you can use the basic gestures like you would do on an iOS device or um, iPad, etc. So if you just flick left and right or whatever, you know, double tap to select an item, you have that capability on Windows nowadays. So uh, just be aware of that as well. What else could I say here? I mean, as a student, I love personally my Windows laptop. I love the Windows OS because I do have accessible um I have, excuse me, the uh, Microsoft Office, and it's really, really great for me personally. I don't have to interact with um, certain (laughs) web uh, parts of the um, of the page. You know, the software. I know that a lot of people uh, still don't understand the whole interaction versus not interacting on um, on Apple's Mac OS and just their. The way voiceover works on the Macs, so you don't have to do that, you just literally hit arrow keys and you, you know, and you could you know, tab through and all that, and you get through the menus and things of that sort. So, that's another uh pro in my opinion. What else could I say here? So, there, yes, pricing again, um, it's it's it varies. Like I said, there are laptops that are 400, 300, all the way up to. Uh, $1200 dollars. If you want a you know high-end laptop, you're more than welcome to get that. And I think I'm pretty good on this my presentation. I just wanted to essentially thank bits for allowing me to present uh, the type of laptops. And like I said before, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to uh, send me an email. It's Chris ch is. A is an alpha, A is an alpha, E is an echo at gmail.com. I do have lists of the most popular laptops running Windows for 2022. So I can definitely send that out if you're interested. The webpage is accessible. So just use your standard um, screen reader webpage element navigation uh, commands. So uh, thank you again. And I'm going to pass it on to Mike and... I am glad to be here. Thank you. Go ahead, Mike. You have the the floor now. While he's talking, I forgot to mention real briefly uh, why they're figuring this out with Mike. Most laptops do come with SSD, so don't... get a laptop that has a spinning driver. It's called SATA, S-A-T-A. Make sure it's SSD, but most of your newer machines will come with a solid state drive, which is flash memory. It's far more quicker. So I forgot to mention that. Thank you. I guess I'll add more. Um, I forgot to also mention ports. Usually the newer machines come with USB-C as in Charlie ports. So that's another thing that you should keep an eye on. If you see a laptop with USB-A, I mean, it, it still works, but I would go with USB-C because there's just far more faster data transfers, and you can plug it in, in any direction. You know, you can flip it anyway, and it will still plug in. So, Travis one- or Viola.
3: Hello, oh. oh, I'm sorry, I was off on another screen. That's what I get for multitasking. Matt, what can I say? Uh, I'm just
1: speechless. <laughs> Thank you. That
3: was a wonderful Apple presentation the one of the best i've ever heard from you and i've heard several
1: thank you so Chris, much i appreciate that
3: that was a great presentation on your part however i i don't i my question to you to, to do that is okay you can't really compare the two first of all and i thank you for not you know saying anything against one or the other because i don't think that's what this presentation's about but and for, for my uh, Chris also. So if you wanted to get either one of these, either an iPad or a laptop, and if you were interested in screen size, for instance, I don't know, Chris, did you mention um, that these other laptops don't come with a number pad and some people don't use JAWS without numpads? And uh, how would so you... The...
2: Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: That's okay. How would you advise somebody that way? And I know Matt Angell's Apple, Apple keyboard. So that kind of answered my question already. So sorry, Chris, go ahead.
2: So anything that says Ultrabook generally in the world of windows and laptops um, are going to not generally have the number pad because it's, it's more slick and slim, sleek design. Uh, I, I know that's kind of, um, crazy to compare an app a uh, macbook air to a windows machine that might be sacrilegious but I, that's the only way i can really kind of compare a windows based machine that is labeled an ultra book so anything that's a notebook and also you can look at the um descriptions whether you're on amazon um or you know you know the hp website or dell's website um it will have different models so for example like the xps family of um, laptops will have like two models with the i5 or the i7 or something like that so obviously the prices will change and the specs will change and the keyboards even so you can look at that and it will tell you okay this has the full-size keyboard with number pad or not but generally the rule of thumb is that the ultrabook those type of laptops running windows generally don't have the full-size keyboard so i would recommend that people stick with notebooks or really really check on the websites whether amazon or the computer manufacturer's website to make sure that you're getting the full-size keyboard with the number pad and the ins you know obviously with the insert key for nvda or jaws hopefully that answered your question though all right mike all right so
1: unfortunately i have to limit myself to one question because i have several Matt, what kind of file, audio file editing software apps do you use for the iPad? Great question, Herbie. Thanks so much. Um, first of all, let me start out by saying that we're going to be offering a free audio editing course uh, with specifically designed around the iPad. So you may want to check that out. You can send us an email to support at ttjtech.net because, of course, I don't have too long to, to really go in depth here. But some of the apps that We will be using, and some of the ones that I use on a regular basis are, of course, GarageBand, which comes with the iPad, uh, Ferrite Recording Studio, um, Backpack Studio is another one that I use uh, quite a bit. There are also uh, a few others as well that we may touch on. And, you know, between these apps, you really have things that are very targeted, whether you want to create a podcast with live Remote interviews and sound effects. Whether you want to have uh, advanced audio editing, like cutting parts of a you know a track and you know mixing things together and, and that sort of thing, whatever you want, I have found that that combination of GarageBand, Ferrite and Backpack really do meet all of my needs. And those are the ones that we will primarily focus on in the audio editing course. But there are certainly others as well. And what it really comes down to is having you know, proper training on the device to be able to navigate these well with voiceover or without uh, so that you can accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. Uh, Very good. Well, great presentations to uh, both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All
3: right. Uh, For the person who um, discussed Windows, there's also um, if you're looking for the almost iPad experience for Windows, they do have windows almost windows tablets that almost look like maybe a 12.9 inch-ish size but they are very fairly fairly small and you can have you know the 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 keyboards and of course i don't know if they have num number pads on them but if you really want to go small (laughs) you can
2: And you could could, uh, hook up Bluetooth keyboards as well. So um, if you're looking to get a full size keyboard, you can definitely get a a Bluetooth full size keyboard to hook up to, uh, for example, the Surface Pro, Microsoft Surface Pro, which it looks so much like a a tablet that people have questioned, you know, can JAWS run on this? And I'm like, yes, it's still a Windows operating system.
4: Mike, are you ready? I'll probably um, make this as short as I can. I want to, first of all, apologize once again to everybody in the meeting and to BITS as well for having all these failures. Secondly, I want to thank Chris and Matt for the uh, informative presentations that they provided us. I found them very interesting and helpful in uh, purchasing a computer. The first thing I want to say is that I'm going to be talking to you guys about the Fire Tablet and The Amazon Fire Tablet is often referred to as Fire Tablet. It's a rectangular-shaped device with basically a piece of glass on the top and three buttons on the side, which are a volume button, a power button, and the um, volume uh, down button. And it comes in many different flavors. It comes in a seven-inch, an eight-inch, and a 10-inch. And in the eight inch and 10 inch variety, there's what's called the plus version. And I'm gonna give you um, the tablet resources for the all the different tablets. The uh, seven inch tablet comes in a 16 gig or 32 gig version. And it has a 2.0 gigahertz processor with uh, two gigs of RAM. And the battery life on this tablet is anywhere from 10 to 12 hours, you know, depending on whether you're using Bluetooth, uh, internet, email, all the different things that you can do. Sometimes the tablet battery lasts, you know, more longer than others, depending, on, like I said, on what you're doing and how you're using your tablet. It uses USB C to charge, which is very nice nowadays. Um, all these tablets actually use USB C to charge. The eight inch tablet has the same processor with two gigs of RAM. This tablet comes in a 64 or 32 gig version, also using USB-C. And the battery life is basically the same as the other tablet. The HD 8 Plus comes in a 32 or 64 gig. It has three gig of RAM and same battery life. And the 10-inch tablet comes with... 32 64 gig versions and the 2.0 gigahertz processor with three gigs of RAM. And then we get up to the tablet that I have actually, that I'm speaking to you on today. So uh, you can get a idea of what this audio sounds like from the tablet. Like I said, it's the HD fire 10 plus it has four gigs of RAM comes in 32 or 64 gig has a 2.0 Gigahertz octa core processor. So all these tablets run on what's called the Fire operating system, or more often referred to as the Fire OS. And this is Amazon's basic version of a mobile operating system that powers their tablets. These tablets weigh in at anywhere from about a half a pound to just over a pound about a pound and a third the eight inch and the seven inch are obviously on the lighter weight side and the 10 inch tablets um you know are going to come in at about a pound or a little over i think if i remember the numbers properly converted comes out to about 19 ounces and that's a rounded off number the reason i I really like these tablets and i went with a tablet over an iPad or an iPod is that cost at the time when I was making my decision was a big factor. And as Matt mentioned earlier, you know, the basic iPod comes in, or iPad, excuse me, comes in at about $329 as to where it goes on up in price, the bigger everything gets. But with the tablet, the Basic price was, um, for the 10 plus, was about $150, I think, um, because I bought it on sale. Um, In general, these tablets do run anywhere from $50 on up to, I want to say, $170. The prices that I'm giving you are last year's prices based on uh, when I purchased mine from you know, I bought it from Best Buy, I'll, I'll just come out and say that. So the prices, as we know, are all subject to change. Yeah, basically the, the reason that I went with the tablet is price-wise. And I found that it could do most things that the iPad could do, like I said, in a cheaper price. So now I'm going to get into the setting up of the tablet. And basically the tablet, once you get it, is basically an independent setup. You can do it all on your own. You take the tablet out of of the box. It usually comes with a good charge in it, I wanna say like uh, halfway charged. And when you turn it on, you wait, I'd say safely to wait about two minutes, um, two to three minutes. And then what you do is you press the power button and It's gonna give you a little sound and then you're gonna take two fingers and spread them apart a little bit, hold them on the screen for about five seconds. And all of a sudden it'll say voice view is ready and then it'll start reading what's on the screen. And what, what you do when you set this up is basically you pick your, for voice, it starts out doing the voice view stuff, I think. I haven't done this in a long time, so forgive me. It starts out with the voice view, so you tell it, you know. The language that you want to use. Then you get into the tablet setup where you tell it what area of, you know, where you're at, like, you know, United States. Um, and then once you select them, it asks you to enter your Wi Fi information so that it can get connected to the Wi Fi. And all this is done um, basically by, you know, using a touch keyboard like you would on an iPhone. You can change that key, uh, the way the keyboard works. It has the um, lift and input. So when you basically find the letter that you want, you lift up your finger and it types it in. Or you can use the iPhone method where you slide your finger around and then tap the letters that you need. So once you get all this done with the Wi-Fi, then you sign into your Amazon account with your Amazon credentials, your email and your uh, password. Then it walks you through a tutorial, all the things you can do with your tablet. So then you can it'll probably tell you more than likely that there's updates to be done to your tablet. So you'll want to do those tablets. If you're doing a first-time setup of this tablet, it is, um, you know, you're not going to have any apps on it. So you're going to have to put your apps, of course, on there. You do this after it updates. But if you set up your tablet as a, a second tablet, so let's say you're replacing your tablet from three years ago. there's an option to pretty much bring everything, you know, from your Amazon account um, down to your new tablet. So now some of the things that you can change on these uh, voice view screen reader, or you can change the speed. You can actually change the voice that uses the Ivona voices. So there's um, Sally it comes with, and then you can get Joey. Uh, Those are the two English voices that I'm aware of and there's many many more to choose from and you get to all this by going to the settings app and going to accessibility and then there's a section that says screen reader and you know you can um, work with the options from there. This tablet also has an interesting feature like the iPhone it has a triple click of the power button which will allow you by default to turn voice view on or off. And you can set this up to do many, many things in uh, the the, um, screen reader accessibility settings area. Uh, You can do things like turn off and on the magnifier, adjust the colors, do some things with the font size. It has um, a great deal of accessibility features in it. Um, And then um, you can adjust your sounds that happen so like The alert sound when you get an email, you can adjust the alarm sound because this tablet also has a a built-in clock feature app on it um, that gives you a stopwatch, a countdown timer, and alarm at a regular clock. For example, with this clock app, last year during the convention and the year before during the convention, as you know, they were all virtual, I used the built-in alarm to set multiple alarms to remind me to go to sessions that were pretty much uh, one right after the other, which gave me time to, you know, get a drink of water or eat or do, you know, whatever I needed to do. So a lot of, uh, some of the ways that I use a tablet are, I do a lot of Zoom meetings on the tablet. Primarily, my main method is Zoom. I use it to read uh, BARD books, which is NLS books. So there's a very accessible BARD application on there for the tablet, which allows you to um, remove a book after you've read it from your tablet to, um, you know, take up space unless you have the, you know, books on an SD card or something like that. And as I mentioned before, um, all these tablets do take SD cards. uh, They're micro SD cards. My cable company is Spectrum and there's a Spectrum television app. So basically it turns my tablet into a kind of a mini TV actually. And then there's a app I found called easy voice recorder. And what this does is basically allows me to record things, uh, you know, notes, uh, you know, lectures, whatever I want to do. I use it a lot for uh, reading emails. I do surf the web on it every now and then. And I use, um, it to listen to podcasts. And, um, for example, uh, if you're listening to ACB media on an Alexa device, you can use the tablet to access the ACB uh, media skill with all 10 streams. So that's basically all I have to say about the tablet. And I wanna once again, sincerely apologize for not being on time. Um, As we all know, sometimes when we go live, things go completely wrong. And that's what happened to me this morning. So um, at this time, I will turn it over to question and answers. Hi. So my question is actually for Chris. Um, With the
3: Windows um, options, what's the lightest computer you can get, do you think, as far as I'm looking for something I can use for work, but due to some health concerns, I can't carry much weight
2: yeah uh the ultra books are usually going to be your lightest option they're like three pounds three four pounds I don't know if that's too much for you but they're very small and very portable so if you're looking for the lightest usually the ultra books anything that has ultra book in it uh, I again I have the Dell XPS ultra book and it's very light for me and I'm a student and I carry it on my back all the time in my backpack it's that small and able to fit And the surface pro might even be lighter too it's basically it looks just like a tablet but it's it's a windows machine so if you're interested that one might be a little bit lighter than mine even because it is um tablet form factor or you know the physical layout of it so i hope that answers your question yeah
3: i think so thank you
2: thank you Nikki Keck.
5: So this is a question for Matt. Uh, Matt, I have a MacBook Pro Plus. I also have an iPad 2018, and iPad Pro. It's not the newest model, but it's still, you know, it's running the latest um, iPad OS. And my question is, I still find it hard to do certain things on the iPad like for example mail. Now in a way I like it better because my Braille display works better with it than on the Mac. But when I'm like doing mail for example, I wonder do you use it your iPad a lot for mail? Do you find it slower than other forms of accessing mail or maybe it's my I'm pilot error maybe I could improve my productivity? I'm
1: um, just curious about that. Yeah, so I, I use it almost exclusively, uh, Nikki. I mean, sometimes I use the iPhone, but I, I never do mail on the Mac. I always do it on the iPad. And I do think, I mean, it probably is that maybe some people view it as a cop-out to say it this way, but I do think it would be a matter of, of just having the training to really, really get even more comfortable with the screen because, you know, with the iPad in the mail app, for example, you're going to have two things going on on the screen at once. On the left side of the uh, screen, you've got the messages list, you know, all your messages. And then on the right side, you've got the currently selected message. And actually on the iPad Pro, you've got a third row. Which is your mailbox list? So, you know, it's about it's a matter of knowing how to best navigate those and to quickly get from one to the other. Um, were you in our free iPad class by any chance? This I uh, was
5: not. I should have been. Okay. I was in the Mac one, but I was not in the iPad one. I, I wish I okay. had been.
1: This is what I want you to do if you're willing to do it. And I don't know if I have uh, chat privileges. If not, it's okay. I was going to put a link in there, but honestly, if you just email us. You send an email to support at ttjtech.net. Every class, every session from that free class is available on YouTube, and there is certainly at least one on mail. I don't remember if we did one or two sessions on mail, but um, I will be happy to send you the link to the YouTube playlist for the entire iPad class. Okay, and thanks. because we just finished it up, it's still current. You know, it's iPad OS 15, so it's Uh, you know, the latest as of right now. And, you know, then if you have any further questions or you need to look at, you know, one-on-one training, of course, you can get in touch with us there as well. But support at ttjtech.net and just, you know, remind me that, you know, you asked the question today. I I recognize your name from the list, but, you know, just tell me that you asked the question about mail and the iPad and you want the link to the YouTube playlist and I'll be happy to send it to you.
5: Okay. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Thank you. All right, Jason, you're next.
6: You can reverse from the native mode to reverse image. You can make magnifier speak with Control-Alt-Enter. You can launch Narrator and use magnifier with it or vice versa. They synchronize perfectly. Per the Surface Pro computers, Chris, is there any way we we could get the Microsoft since they're here? About the numpad off and moving the insert key, which is at the upper right, very awkward, and about the uh, Dell XPS, is there any... Dell XPS that have laptop keyboards that aren't flat as a board. Fantastic presentation. Thank you.
2: So, as as far as the uh, Dell XPS, I'm pretty sure there are different keyboard options. Unfortunately, that would be a question more for, you know, I guess Dell, um, and the reasoning being being because they are the ones that make the hardware as far as how flat a keyboard is or the keys. And I didn't understand your other question. My apologies. I know you just went on mute already, but your other question was like moving the the insert key or so something. Could we get to
6: Microsoft since they're here regarding the Surface Pros about the num lock off and the weird placement of the insert key? At least it has an insert key. It's at the upper right. Mm-hmm. If they could just lower it on the right side, it'd be a real boon. And I w- am mentioning magnifier because this is huge for people who are low vision. Oh, and yes. And vision. thank you
2: for that. Yeah. I forgot to mention that there is a built-in magnifier. Uh, I don't know if Microsoft is actually here. I'm just the BITS of vice president, and I'm just presenting from a very beginner's perspective. But I'm pretty sure you can leave them an email. It might be support at Microsoft.com or something like that and let them know, hey, there's a weird issue with the keyboard, physical issue with one of the keys. And if you can move that, you can leave an email for them. I'm I'm not too sure of that. But again, my email, if you want to get in contact with me, is uh, chris.m as a mary alpha alpha echo at gmail.com. And I can get you in contact with Microsoft. Thank you. All right.
5: Hey, I'll make it really fast. It was for Matt. I have an old Braille embosser that cannot do Bluetooth. Is there a way for me to hook uh, my my husband's iPad to my embosser?
1: There probably is. Uh, Please do me a favor and send me an email also. I know I keep saying that. Uh, Support at ttjtech.net. I don't think I could probably give you an adequate answer since we have to be completely done in three minutes or less now, Right. Uh, right. but do send me an email support at ttjtech.net. I would say, yes, it's probably possible. Uh, We could easily do that. I, you know, just uh, give you the step-by-step if you get in touch with me and I would ask you if you follow up questions and we can get it figured out. thank you. Yeah, that
5: was all I needed. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Same here as well, Chris it's C H R I S dot Alpha Alpha Echo at Gmail because I know we didn't get to anybody in the physical room, so I'm I'm good. Thank you.
0: Excellent presentation. I'm sorry that we did not get to any of the questions in the room. I do apologize for that and for the technical difficulties. I want to first of all thank uh, Travis for hosting, Herbie Allen for helping. I want to thank my BITS uh, convention committee for all the work, especially our president, Arlene Hughes, for the guidance that she gave and putting our presentations together. I also uh, want to thank, want to mention very quickly that if you enjoyed these presentations, if you would like to join BITS for $20 a year, you get presentations like this every month. And if you have to miss a presentation. As a BITS member, you can download the presentation and listen to it later. So that's one of the benefits we offer. Again, I apologize for not being able to get the questions in the room. Hope you enjoyed the presentation. I thank you very much.
2: Thank you, folks.